I'm going to reenact exactly how I felt while watching the game on, on Wednesday night. For those not watching on YouTube, I am covering my eyes and just breathing deeply. Ugh. Yeah, you know, this, this losing thing kind of sucks. <laughs> Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 20th, 2021, 2022. There it is. See, that's the first one I did all year. Uh, today is January 20th, 2022. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we are going to talk about Wednesday's 123-110 to loss to the Philadelphia 76ers. Why Joel Embiid's just really good at basketball. Um, you know, I don't know if that's a hot take or not. Um, and why that's just a sign of everything the Orlando Magic are missing. Just a re- gentle reminder that as much positivity as we might be able to see from this young, young, young group, none of it matters without grabbing a guy of Joel Embiid's ca- caliber, to be perfectly honest. We'll talk about all that plus run through the box score coming up on today's episode. But before we do that, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you decide to listen to us, um, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, whether it's on your way home from work, at work, at your workout, whenever, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, you can download us wherever you download podcasts as well as subscribe to us on YouTube. Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I'm not going to sit here and, and pretend the Orlando Magic played a fantastic first half. Um, you know, you, you know, I got into an argument with someone, um, you know, a little bit, of a, little bit of a troll online who, you know, disagreed with me that the Magic did some good things throughout the course of the game, which I do. I do think the Magic did some good things throughout the course of the game because, because you know, they were leading the game despite playing really poorly for long stretches of the game. Um, you could go back and read my timeline. The offense was kind of stuck in the mud. They weren't moving the ball particularly well. Um, they were obviously giving up a ton of points to Joel Embiid at 20 points in the first quarter alone, but Orlando was still kind of hanging around. They were still in the game and you got to give them credit for that. Um, you know, again, I, I, am going to go through all my regular season sayings here over the course of the next 30 minutes, but the uh, NBA regular season about is about consistency. What can you do? What can you rely on, on your worst night when you don't have X, Y, and Z, what is the one constant? that you can rely on, that can kind of hold you over, kind of kind of, kind of, keep you afloat until the things that you are good at start to return to the mean, start to start play, doing a whole lot better. Um, obviously, the Magic are still searching for that thing that they're consistently good at. They're still searching for that thing that they can rely on. That's what young teams do. That's why bad teams are bad, is they don't have that one thing that they can consistently rely on, that they, consistent, that they can consistently turn to. They don't know where their points are going to come from. And so when Orlando got that spark, they're hitting threes throughout the course of the game. That was really what was keeping them in it. Their defense was doing good outside of Embiid. 
Um, and honestly, even against Embiid, I thought they did some good things and he was just on a tear. We're going to talk more about him. Do not worry. Um, but the Magic found that little bit of a spark. Um, and it came in the form of Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba scored 20 points in the second quarter alone. He made five three-pointers in the second quarter alone. He had 28 points at halftime on, uh, on six of seven or six of eight three-point shooting. I forget. And the Magic suddenly had some juice. They had some energy. Bamba blocked a couple shots late with them being in foul trouble. Orlando got out in transition. They got some easy baskets. And all of a sudden, they're up 10 at the half. That That, that is not something that, you know, that you can just push aside or dismiss. Orlando did a lot of things poorly. They did not play a great first half offensively for sure. They had some struggles defensively too. And yet they're the ones in control. They're the ones in the lead. They're the ones that have put themselves in a position to win. That's a positive in my book. To, to be able to lead by 10, to have this Philadelphia fan, it doesn't take much for them to do this, that have Philadelphia fans booing the Sixers off the court at halftime as the Magic are running them out of the gym. Like that to me shows that, okay, there is something here. This team can come together. This team can find a little bit of a spark and take a lead uh, at, while other parts of their game are struggling. That to me is a good sign. That's what you need to do to be successful in the regular season. That's what you need to do to be successful, period, in this league. And we shouldn't lose sight of that. There were, despite all the bad that was in the first first half, there was a lot of good. And the score is a big indicator of that. Now, again, it yes, it is hiding. Uh, the Magic would have to boost themselves a little bit. They, they, they I, I said entering the second half, you could go look at my Twitter feed at Daily. You know, to get kind of a real time uh, look at at the things I'm seeing during a game, I said coming out of the half, okay, Joel Embiid's going to be back in the game. We know he's going to go on a scoring binge. Philadelphia is going to come out on fire. How Orlando manages this ten point lead? The Magic have led the fewest minutes in the league by ten plus points. How the Magic manage this ten point lead is going to be really instructive for them. Um, they have to kind of match that energy level. And honestly, like. It's not that they did a poor job necessarily in, in, in that third quarter because the Sixers were a coming storm and, and, and they were always going to cut into that lead probably. But the Magic didn't do a good job. Um, they got trapped. They got caught. Uh, Joel Embiid scored 23 points alone in the fourth quarter, tying the Magic. Orlando was not particularly physical with them. Their double teams were frankly soft and late. Um, they did a really, really poor job um, collapsing on him uh, and, and making him get rid of the ball. Um, it was almost like they wanted him to shoot, but shoot the shots that they wanted him to shoot. And it didn't matter because he made them all anyway. Um, Joel Embiid just had an insane stat line. And, you know, again, just it, it, it wasn't that his shots were necessarily all easy. I think he took some difficult shots, but they were not pressured. He was... He was deciding how he wanted to score, and the Magic just had no answer for it. But you could survive one guy's brilliance. Um, that might keep you in a game, but you could still survive. But the Magic went back to kind of struggling offensively. Um, after the, an initial spurt to kind of keep themselves in the lead, the offense eventually ran dry. They got back into the bad habits where they weren't passing the ball, where they were over-dribbling, where they were getting into the lane without much of a plan. Uh, and Philadelphia just pounced on them again and again and again and again. And suddenly that 10-point lead became a 10-point deficit. In fact, that 10-point lead 
grew to a 27-point deficit by the end of it all. The Sixers outscored the Magic 47-23 in the third quarter. Because not only was Embiid hitting now, everyone else was. And the Magic strategy against the Sixers from the first two games that they played, including in this one, was Embiid's going to get his. We can't let everyone else get going. So when Tyrese Maxey started hitting threes, when Tobias Harris started hitting shots, once Firkin Korkmaz and, and George Yang started getting going, it was game over. The Magic did not have the firepower to keep things going. And, and Mo Bamba, who played so well in the second quarter, honestly played just as bad in the second half. He, he was no longer involved in the offense. The Sixers started switching, and that switching defenses have always given the Magic problems because they do not have a one-on-one score as much as Cole Anthony wants to think that he is. He is not an efficient – very few guys are efficient one-on-one scores, but the Magic do not have a guy that can get them a bucket when they need one. And that's ultimately why their first rebuild failed. That's why the Sears kind of been sputtering a lot. Um, the Magic are still struggling to get traction offensively, uh, consistent traction offensively. And when those three-pointers dried up, and it wasn't just that the three-pointers dried up, the three-point attempts dried up too. Magic were unable to move the ball to get open shots. It was game over. And so, yes, the Sixers built a 27-point lead in true Magic fashion. Orlando chopped that lead down. I think they got it to 10 at one point, um, but so late in the game that it was irrelevant. And yeah, Joel Embiid came in the fourth, came in the fourth quarter for a brief cameo to get four point to get his three points, get to 50, and sit down, tying his career high set last year. The Orlando Magic fall to the Philadelphia 76ers, 123 to 110, and Joel Embiid's masterful performance gives us a reminder about this rebuild that we have to listen to and just remind ourselves as we get through the rest of the season. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But first, Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our March to the Playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use your promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Now, when you're done listening to us, not not yet, we're about halfway through the show, um, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On Now, or on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Again, some nights, and this is, just the nature of the way basketball is played. Some nights an individual player is just going to be so good and so difficult to stop that it just, it just doesn't matter what you do. Um, you know, we've, we've seen this before with Dwight Howard, the Shaq with Penny, with T-Mac, these truly transcendent star players that just go on these scoring binges 
And, and oftentimes there is nothing you can do defensively to stop them. There's nothing you can do to slow them down. They're hitting tough shots. They're just in a rhythm. They're in a zone. Um, and the shots just go in. It happens. And, and, and again, you know, like Joel Embiid had 50 points. He made, let me pull up the box warrior. He, he, he made most of his shots. He made so many of his shots. He, uh, ended the end of the game shooting 17 of 23, 15 for 17 from the line. Um, he was good. <laughs> he was really good. Um, uh, there's no other way to say it. Um, and, and, and the magic were just as in awe of the performance that he put on. And again, could Orlando have been a little bit more physical with him? Absolutely. Um, could they have been a little bit more aggressive with their double teams? Yes, absolutely. I did not think their double. I thought I thought their double teaming was soft. To be perfectly frank, uh, I don't like using that term, um, but it was not a hard double. Um, they were not coming after Embiid. They were just kind of showing him a double, and, and he picked it apart. Whether it was searching for his own shot or whether it was making passes underneath the basket to the to the weak side corner guy, cut it. You know, making the Harkless cut down down the baseline as that double came from the weak side. Um, it was just. The Magic did not play good defense. I don't want to sit here and say that they played good defense. Um, I think that they, I think Embiid hit tough shots when they did play good defense. Um, and, and there's a very little the Magic could do because he was hitting step backs. He was hitting kind of spin fadeaways. He was, he was doing, he, he was in his back. Um, and, and there's just very little you can do when a player of that caliber is in his back. But I mean, I kept watching that game and kept thinking, you know, yes, the talent level is a little bit higher than the comparison I'm about to make, but this feels like Tracy McGrady carrying a team. That, that, that Sixers team right now, if you've watched enough of them, you know, again, Tobias Harris is a much better player than Mike, is a better player than Mike Miller. You know, Grant Hills, you know, they, don't, they have a Grant Hill sitting sitting injured. That team feels like those early 2000s magic, magic teams led by Tracy McGrady, where one player's individual brilliance one guy's individual brilliance is just carrying the team is just pushing that team into every game every single night and and the fact of the matter is the reality is that Joel Embiid is not getting enough respect in the MVP race I I, I get it his team isn't as good as as the Nuggets or Hey, the Nuggets aren't playing that great. Nikola Jokic is in the race, or not as good as as Giannis with the Bucks, or or, who, or whoever whoever else is up for MVP this year. Um, Joel Embiid is is at minimum top ten, probably a top five guy, and no one's really talking about. And in this league, especially against a team like the Magic, that is enough. Joel Embiid is enough to keep them in a game against a team like Orlando. He is a true superstar. And he showed that Wednesday night. He showed that last night as the Sixers beat down on the Magic. And that third quarter, by the time that lead was gone, Orlando was already dispirited. You could see it, the slumped shoulders, the frustration. They felt powerless to stop Joel Embiid. They felt powerless to do anything to stop him, and they could not score to keep up. And that's ultimately why they lost the lead. Why things got went that, that, that's why things got to a 27 point lead. Cause the, cause the magic, you know, not that they played with a lack of effort, but their effort was slow. There was a frust, it was a frustrated effort. Uh, and that's never going to work. But the reality is, you know, you look at the Sixers kind of a, 
a mold of rebuilding in a lot of ways. It was always all about getting the star. And the fact of the matter is, in this league, the only way to win is to have a star player, like a true star player. No offense to Nikola Vucevic. We love him here at the podcast. He was an all-star, but he wasn't a star player. And that's ultimately why the Magic decided to move him, because they understood that if Nikola Vucevic is our best player and we can't add anyone else to this roster, we are going to top off as a 7 or an 8 seed, and that is it. What you need in a rebuild, what you need to build around, again, this was the failure of the Rob Hennigan era for a number of reasons. You need a true star. You need someone that can carry you on your worst nights, that can carry you into games when you don't have it, can bide time until the rest of the roster figures itself out. Mo Bamba had a career night. He had the night kind of night that we all imagined he could have when they drafted him in the 2018 NBA draft. But all of us watching this game understand, or hopefully understand, that this is not going to be a typical night for Mo Bamba. This is not a night where he's gonna, he's not going to be able to carry the team. And certainly in the second half, he wasn't able to. The Magic were barely even able to get him the ball in the second half. Right now, the Magic don't have a star. And as exciting, as exciting as... Cole Anthony's been this year, as exciting as Franz Wagner has been this year, as exciting as we feel that Jalen Suggs can be. And Suggs is, I think the jury is still out on what Suggs can be. I think, you know, it certainly looks like Toronto kind of knew a little bit of what they were doing um, when they passed, when they passed on him or, or decided that he wasn't the right fit for them. And, and again, I'm not here to be out on Jalen Suggs, but I think his expectations have certainly been dropped down a peg a little bit. Um, Again, not that he will be a bad player. I think he's an NBA player. I think he's uh, a great defender, and he showed that last night too. Um, the Magic still need a guy, a guy they can dump the ball into and get about and say, "Go get us a basket." A guy that they can that can deliver them on their worst nights. They have some guys that can do it occasionally, but this league is about what can you do every night. They need an every down back. They need a guy who's going to get them 20 every night without blinking. They need a guy who, when the time calls for it, can get them 40. That's what Tracy McGrady was. Dwight Howard was an impactor defensively. Like he, you may, if the Magic had a bad offensive night, Dwight Howard was going to make sure that they did too. You need guys that can just impact the game. And no rebuild can be successful until you find that guy. In fact, you can't even really begin rebuilding until you find that guy. Until you find that guy that's the center of the universe. That all the other planets, all the other players kind of revolve around. Otherwise, you're just collecting pieces. You know, pieces to a puzzle with no solution. That's where Rob Hennigan went wrong in, in many ways. Um, you know, the magic, you know, didn't really understand what they had in Nikola Vucevic. They drafted Victor Oladipo second, and Oladipo became a star in his own right, but certainly injury slowed him down, and, and the, the culture and atmosphere the Magic created didn't, you know, wasn't conducive to his development, uh, to his development to what he ultimately became. I mean, again, injuries have slowed him down again. Um, you know, they drafted Aaron Gordon fourth. They whiffed on Mario Zoni at five when they absolutely needed to get those top picks right. Again, it's not that they made bad picks. Victor Oladipo is a 10-year pro in the league. You know, again, same minus the injuries. 
Aaron Gordon has carved out a really good role for himself in Denver, a role that the Magic just could not afford to give him or could not put the roster around to give him. Even like guys they acquired early in that rebuild, Tobias Harris. He's a pretty good player, borderline all-star most nights. But again, they never had the star to truly build their team around, to truly know, okay, this is the guy we're going to feature. This is the guy that whose skills we need to accentuate, whose weaknesses we need to hide. Did they do that a little bit with Nikola Vucevic toward the end? Sure, absolutely. But a rebuild can't be successful till you find this guy. Some of it's luck. Getting the right pick in the right draft. Scouting and finding the right guy later on. And again, some of it's internal development too. Maybe that guy is already on the roster. Maybe Markel Fultz will come back and be Washington Markel Fultz. Maybe Jonathan Isaac can be that guy when he returns. Maybe it is Cole Anthony. Maybe Cole Anthony is just going through a, a bout of youthful inconsistency and he'll be back to the all-star level that he was at earlier in the season. Maybe it is Franz Wagner who's still discovering uh, parts of his game and, and, and working to be more aggressive. Maybe it is Jalen Suggs. Maybe we shouldn't be so quick to, to lower our expectations on Jalen Suggs. There's at least candidates on this team, but right now, there's no one that's taking the lead. There's no hierarchy to this team. There's no consistent hierarchy to this team. And there is no rebuild without it. The Sixers have Joel Embiid. Wednesday night, that was enough. It'd be nice for the Magic to have a guy that is enough too. We'll go through the final box score for you here in just a moment as I pause so I can remember to put the ad break in. The podcast as the Orlando Magic fall to the Philadelphia 76ers, 123 to 110. Okay, let's go through the final box score for you real fast as the Orlando Magic fall to the Philadelphia 76ers, 123 to 110. Again, just a uh, a frustrating performance in a lot of respects, but some good ones that do deserve mentioning. We'll start with Mo Bamba. 32 points, 12 for 15 shooting, 7 for 8 from beyond the arc. Only four rebounds, all of them offensive rebounds. Fouled out in the fourth quarter, three block shots. Um, the second quarter from Mo is the best we've ever seen Mo Bamba play. Um, it wasn't just that he was shooting threes, because again, look, credit to Mo Bamba. He made the shots. He's been a, he's been a spotty three-point shooter at times this year. Um, he made the shots. He got to his spots. The Sixers left him open. The Magic got him the ball. He delivered. It was fantastic to watch. It was exactly what the Magic imagined from Mo Bamba. But more importantly was what he did defensively. In that second quarter, especially at a, a series of three blocks late in the quarter that sparked the Magic out on the run, helped them kind of zoom into the lead and, and get some distance to take a 10-point lead. It was the exact kind of energy um, and aggression the Magic want from Mo Bamba defensively. He was chasing. He was chasing guys. He was protecting the paint. He was a presence. You know, we talk about. You know, the, the guys talked about it after the game. How Joel Embiid is a presence. You know where he is on the floor at all times. Bo Bamba doesn't always feel that way. Certainly not in the paint. And, and it's been a big thing that I've harped uh, harped on him is that just show your hands. Just be big. You don't have to block shots. Just be big. Um, and, and Bamba doesn't always do that. But in this game, he was aggressive, aggressive protecting the rim aggressive protecting the paint, made plays happen. The Magic were ahead by 10 because of Mo Bamba, and Bamba deserves all that credit. The second half was the complete opposite, unfortunately, and this has just been the reality with Mo Bamba. 
The Sixers did a good job switching, taking away his three-point shots. The Magic, when they see switching defenses, um, just become uh, just become a, an ISO team. Um, and they're, they're not an ISO team. They cannot play ISO basketball. Um, the way you beat switches is you slip. You slip the screens before the switch can be made. Um, and that's not something Bamba's good at. Bamba's not good going to the basket. Wendell Carter's not even that great at it, although he is better. Um, the Magic just did not do not have the speed from their centers or the willingness to get into the paint to to beat these switching defenses. And they don't have the one-on-one guys. Uh, you know, Cole Anthony fashions himself a one-on-one guy, um, but he is not a consistent enough one-on-one attacker to beat big men off the dribble, to, to, to beat big men in those isolation situations. That's why the Magic struggle against switching defenses. Uh, honestly, I don't know why teams don't just come out switching against the Magic. Um, you know, again, maybe you want to just play your base defense. It's a regular season, but... You know, if we got into a playoff situation, which this team is not going to be in a playoff situation, um, they would be they would be switching. Um, they they would be switching a ton, um, and and that's that's just not half. You know, again, it, it's it. This team just doesn't have a way to beat that quite yet. They just don't have the talent or personnel to beat that quite yet. Um, but more importantly, Bamba defensively in the second half was just terrible. Um, you know, he he you know not a physical guy to begin with. Embiid just kind of got whatever he wanted without impunity. Um, and again, some of that is the defensive strategy. I think the Magic wanted him shooting jumpers. They didn't want him going in the paint. Uh, but in the second and the third quarter, especially, Bamba did a really good, or Embiid did a really good job diving into the lane, getting the Magic pinned on his back, and all they could do was foul. Um, and they fouled him a ton. It was just, it was just not, it, in that respect, it was a, that's it, 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 less about the 50 points and more about how he got them. If he's shooting jumpers, if he's shooting turnaround fadeaways, if if those are contesting, those go when you live with them. And he made all those too. But it was the fouling. It w- it was the fouling. It was the the being late on rotations. It was it was it was the soft double teaming. Is just it was just all of that. And as good as Bamba was in the first half, only starter that didn't play thirty minutes by the way because of the foul trouble that he was in in the second half. Um, if it, it it was just it was just bad. Bamba, you know, again. This is kind of the dual thing with Bamba is as good as he can be, as good as he could potentially be, all the pieces of the puzzle just are not there. Off the bench, Chuma Kiki with six three-pointers to score 18 points. Good to see Chuma get back in the scoring scoring flow, get back in that shooting flow. He has really struggled this year. Um, again, he's a he, his offense is a product of the offense working. They're able to get him the ball in the corner. He was able to hit threes consistently and, 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 and confidently. Um, you know, again, he would tell you that he hasn't changed changed anything. He just made shots tonight. Um, but that was really good to see the ball go in the basket for Chuma Okiki. Um, definitely something that the Magic need more of as they move forward. Let's get to the other guys if that scored or did not score in this game. Cole Anthony, 13 points, 6 for 14, shooting 1 for 5 from deep, 8 assists, 5 turnovers. Um, you know, again, he, did, he does a good job, um, I think, with his playmaking. I think his playmaking has gotten a lot better. He's, he's getting those assist numbers are going way up. That's good. The Magic need him to start making shots, especially three-pointers. Um, you know, again, he is going to be on the ball. He's going to be the one taking bad shots uh, in, in some respects um, that, that may not necessarily be bad shots for him. Um, but, you know, again, I, I don't care that he shot 6 for 14. That's not great efficiency, but that that that's okay. The 1 for 5 from beyond the arc, that's the part that's that's got to kill you. Um, you know, he's got to make three-pointers. Um, this, that, that's just something that this team desperately needs. Jalen Suggs, I thought, had a nice game as well. 14 points. He did shoot 5 for 14, 3 for 6 from the foul line, 9 rebounds, 5 assists against Suggs. 
did a really good job helping on the glass as did Franz Wagner. Rebounding was a big reason as much as anything that the Magic were able to stay in the game despite MB being being so good and despite their offensive struggles. They limited the Sixers to one shot uh, on most possessions. The Sixers only had six offensive rebounds and beat only had one offensive rebound. That's a really good job on the glass, especially coming out of a game where the Magic have struggled on the glass of late against Portland. They really struggled on the glass in some key moments. Um, Franz Wagner had 11 rebounds in the game. So some really good stuff there. With Suggs, um, you know, again, his floater game, his finishing game was a little bit off um, in this one. Uh, he's been really good finishing at the rim. Certainly seemed to come back down to earth a little bit on that. Um, still, I thought displayed some good patience with how he drived and the kind of shots he was taking. They they just they just weren't going in. Um, the efficiency wasn't there. Um, got to the foul line a little bit, missed his free throws, which is not not good. He needs to he is absolutely needs to make his free throws again with the Magic playing with such small margins of error. They can't afford to miss a ton of free throws. Twelve for sixteen from the foul line is not going to get the job done, um, especially in a game like this. Um, five assists is really good too. The three turnovers were a bit concerning. There was some loose passing, some loose dribbling uh, throughout the course of the game. He's got to really tighten that stuff up, just kind of the simple stuff. I think he, I think once he locks in and is able to start making plays and, and gets into aggressive mode, he's really good. When he's kind of bringing the ball up the floor or just kind of initiating the offense or getting in the offense, he can get a little bit loose and be less precise with his passes. Um, you know, he's got to treat every moment of the game, I think, the same with the same kind of intensity and aggression. And he doesn't always do that. That's, that I think that's something of being a rookie. That's something of, you know, being in a system maybe in Gonzaga where you could be a little bit looser because you have you can out-talent teams. This Magic team ain't out-talenting out anybody. Um, Franz Wagner, only nine points, three for 11 shooting, 11 rebounds, like I said, for him. Um, Gary Harris, five points, two for seven shooting. Terrence Ross, only uh, Terrence Ross only two points, missed all four of his shots. He played only 10-54 as he left the game with an injury. Orlando shoots 40 for 90 from the floor, 18 of 35 from deep, a big reason why they're able to stay in the game. Only 11 turnovers for 12 points. So again, Orlando does a good job in a lot of the indicators that they've been struggling with of late. They rebound the ball well. They didn't turn the ball over a ton. Um, they made three-pointers. Sorry, this is a game that the Magic should have won, but they did not win because of Joel Embiid. 50 points for Joel Embiid, 17 for 23 shooting, 15 for 17 from the foul line just getting absolutely pummeled by by Embiid. And eventually, again, the whole defense was focused on him. That's going to free up other guys. Tobias Harris got going in the third quarter. He scored 21 points. George Niang off the bench, 10 points, started the third quarter, gave the, gave the Sixers a big boost from beyond the arc. Philadelphia shoots 54.2% from the floor, 45 for 83. But if you take out Embiid, um, that gets you to, what, 28 of 60? Um, so just slightly less than 50%. Um, 50%. Uh, shooting outside of Joel Embiid. Again, not a great number defensively, obviously, but Philadelphia got themselves rolling because Embiid loosened everything up. Orlando just could not keep him off the board. The Orlando Magic, again, fall to the Philadelphia 76ers, 123-110. to I would like to note that you know they largely outscored the Sixers in every period except that fourth quarter, but a 24-point uh, deficit in the third quarter really kills you in the end. The Magic will be back in action. They start a five-game homestand Friday against the Los Angeles Lakers. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in to Himalaya, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at Oh, Magic Daily. Have a special episode planned for you tomorrow. We'll be talking with Keith Smith of Spotrack about the NBA trade deadline, where the Magic stand in the rebuild, what to expect the rest of the season. We'll get 
We'll, we'll, we'll have a great chat with him tomorrow. That will be available first thing in the morning uh, for you all. So uh, so definitely be on the lookout for that. I won't, I, I'll make sure that that one does not get posted late um, as these episodes happen. Now that you're done listening to us, though, go make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic or Orlando Magic Daily Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Ross from Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.